0: Is my mind empty or half full? I will let you decide as we discuss any damn thing that is on our minds. Welcome, 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 my beautiful people. Welcome to the podcast, Mindful, where we discuss anything that is on our minds. Anything that is out there worth talking about, we're going to share it. And you're just going to have to listen to my ramblings and my thinkings. But guess what? I listen to yours too. My mind is so full right now, and I know yours too. So let's free our minds and get talking.
1: Yes. Okay. Hi, my beautiful people. Welcome to another episode of Mindful, the podcast. Now, today, we have a very, very important topic to discuss, and this topic is codependency. And I know a lot of you don't know what that is, because I'm just learning about it, but um, codependency is a complex issue, and we have with us today the codependency guru, I I see. <laughs> yeah. She has done a lot of work on codependency on the topic. And we have with us our guest is Bianca Grace. Mm-hmm. Hi Bianca. Hi there. Thank you for a warm introduction. It is a complex issue. Mm-hmm. Yes. But you know, um, a lot of people don't really know what it is. So can we start off by, you know, you telling us what is? What's what it about? Yeah, you know, and I think that that's what's interesting. I, I find actually that the de- definition is all-encompassing, meaning people don't know a lot about what codependency is because it's kind of like the air we breathe. It is not necessarily have to be a pathology or something wrong with you. It's uh, We're taught this on so many levels to be what we would call codependent instead of interdependent on others, by society, by our family first. So I like to say, as far as what the definition, I don't like to, I, the definition sometimes always makes it sound like it's something that we have, like a symptom, like we, we've we acquired something, like this is what we are, as if that's in a vacuum. Codependency is something that we've learned through a lot of different institutions and and, and types of situations socially that we um, involve ourselves in. Um, but to kind of round that out, yeah. that really is what I call outside in thinking, where we're constantly thinking instead of about others, about how they feel, about what their needs are, and how to take care of them before our own. Okay. Before, our, And that's really how I see it's like, you really, you can notice in the worse that this gets is the more I see that people really don't have the ability to reverse that. I never hear about an I. I never hear about what I want, what I'm going to do, what I need. I'm always hearing about in everything they say, they're talking about others Other. in those ways. So yes, it's kind of a reverse order way of relating to yourself and the world. <laughs> so it's like thinking about others, putting others before yourself. So it's always you, you, you. I have to always deal with them, them, them mm-hmm. instead of me and what right. I need. Right. And and, it, and so and chronically so. So to the point where, yes, there is this balance. Of course, we want to think about others. This is just really swung to one side of that spectrum of relating to ourselves and others and how we think about ourselves okay so if help me to understand a little bit so if i'm a person who who, well i know a lot of persons who like to give so you know you have someone who gives someone who likes to do a lot for people you know i'll do for people before i even actually do for myself yeah so If I'm the one who someone calls and I'm always running to the rescue, Um, they want me to babysit and I'm babysitting all the time. Mm -hmm. If my husband wants, and I mean, my husband always wants me to do things. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Someone who always wants me to do this, pass this, go pick up this, go, am I the one that is, am I codependent? Like, am I the one who is codependent or are they the one that's codependent? (laughs) This is where where it gets pretty hairy. But both of you can have different aspects of it. We have the taker and the giver. We actually both, we need the other to act out our codependency. So in codependency, we talk a lot about enabling. So, A lot of times as children, we derived some sense of self-worth and safety by providing for others that might have been less secure than we wanted them to be, like parents that maybe had uh, to work and leave us alone or had addictions and didn't prioritize us or had a lot of, I mean, any sort of family trauma. A lot of times a child's defense will be to rise to an occasion to act more adult, to take care of them so they then feel like the parent can then take care of them. So this is the coping mechanism a lot of times for a certain amount of trauma that, but at the same time, ratifies us. We start feeling really like we can, we're the doer, we can do everything. And that gives us a sense of identity and self-worth, which I found is profound for the child, like really helps them be resilient and and strive and maybe even excel in school, even if they're coming from a very bad place, you know, at home or whatever. So. There is a what we would call this is a pretty adaptive coping mechanism to be a caregiver or a giver. But what we're doing is in some ways is now really working ourselves into a bit of a rut with that identification. Because when we get older, this is not adaptive anymore. If we're still thinking that our self-worth is dependent on how much we give, do, and are to others, we really need needy people. So we 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 attract we're very attracted to people that need us and that's the that's the caregiver version of this or maybe we want people to always need us so we do the things for them to always want us to need us right which is the catch-22 of this absolutely it's it's kind of this rough edge that the codependent at some point especially as an adult says when are they going to learn when are they going to recognize me? When am I going to get back? I'm like, well, they're never going to, because you've never frustrated their growth. You've never challenged them. You've never not given. So it's a little bit of an edge that where you're really training somebody to continue to not grow in those areas. Cause there's no me or I, remember there's no I to say, I want that. I can't go. That errand. You know, or I can't go get pick this up. I have my time set out for me. You can do it though. You know, that, okay. that's, I, that I started to feel I started to, to get a little bit edgy around with it because I'm like, am I codependent? Because I did a podcast before entitled, Do You Do Everything for Everybody? And yeah. when I was doing the research for that, um, it's like, um, they say you're over. It's overachiever so and it started from in from when you were younger that you are always doing your you might be the oldest always doing things for people in the in the home so people always looking to you for advice that sort of thing so it's like you grow up when you grow now you're like thinking that you need to be doing things for other people so you keep going 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 just doing things all the time, but mm-hmm. I realize now based on your um explanation that there's a, a thin line between <laughs> you know there's mm-hmm. a little thin line it's um can you now say no I need my time no I can't do this at this time we just keep running to help no matter what it is that may be going on in our lives or what we might be, you know, feeling emotionally or or that sort of thing. So I think I'm understanding now that fine line between the codependent, you know, right. right where where it becomes what I say. Like again, it's it's more of a relationship between how you identify with yourself. The fine line is always around the psychological, the deep psychological components of how much you depend still on being even though it's exhausting you. You haven't replaced, you haven't had the awareness yet of it. And then uh, some sort of strategy to replace it with a different idea of yourself and starting to face feelings that come up when you don't do for people. Like the number one thing is when you set out that I value my time, so I need to set a boundary and then I feel guilt. So a lot of people with codependency are very scared or scared of codependent tendencies. I like to say very you know have some sort of irrational fear of that they won't be able to handle the feeling of guilt i start to really challenge that too. but it's a but it kind of we have to peel back enough layers to get to that and then you see that you (laughs) can't because (laughs) it's really like because we we search a way out can you just continue to do and be exhausted and forgive yourself can you handle of guilt which which is the one they're and not gonna yeah. be i i because i have um i have a friend that is always doing and as you said a guilt sometimes i have to say well um you know i think she does a lot for the family a lot for the friends and i think go beyond you know and sometimes when you when you say or when I say something, the, the guilt I feel that she's experiencing this guilt that if I don't do, then this mm-hmm. may happen to them, you know that sort of thing. So it's, it's- this this might yeah, this might happen to them, and then I'll feel regret that I didn't just do it. Regret is another one, and abandonment. If I don't do for them, they won't do for me. They won't be here. They'll leave me behind somehow they won't see me as important enough to contact so even being the one that's contacted to do things is equated again in our minds from childhood that we're important and if we're important we won't be embarrassed this this has to be reworked and if it's yes. not if, if this is logical flying when you're a child because there are some you are in survival mode but if you've been doing for a person over and over again, and it equals nothing, and they really would abandon you, if you need to find that out. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is, I keep saying that, if you keep doing, and then it's not being reciprocated, then stop when doing are you gonna agree on that It's <laughs> right. not worth it. Yes. And I get that. If you're codependent, the need to always feel needed is there, you know, and um, the guilt part of it is there, and maybe the abandonment. If if I don't do, if I don't give to you, then, you know, so it's codependent, but what else, what other signs are there to, right. to let us realize that if you're and that and you cut out just a little bit there. Just repeat yourself one more time on that. Oh, I was saying if um, see if if I'm codependent, mm-hmm. it's the need to always feel needed. And then we have the guilt. Yes. you know, the guilt that um, you know, I have to do for you or else something will happen, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the abandonment part of it that if I don't do or give, then no one will be there for me. So I'm um, realizing that those are like three signs or, you know, things. So I'm asking you what else, what other signs can we look out for to know if I am codependent or if, you know, others are codependent. Right. On, on us. I, I think that, you know, other things that I notice are, if we look at, it's it's generally in, in our relationship, but at the same time, you know, probably a sign that people don't see is how, again, the relationship with themselves, the relationship with themselves, is really lacking. It's not. It, it's not. You would you'd find that people with codependent sometimes can have, like, again, the kind of a side of them that possibly has a kind of a victim still living there. A victim or somebody that's been traumatized or hurt, that they're still trying to overcome and override and and bully through even. But it comes up sometimes. Like, you know, woe is me. I am really at my wit's end. You can become overwhelmed. And I think this relationship with yourself, being in such like, kind of always being the doer, even though you're seen as important as an adult, you start feeling a bit like a slave. You feel like, like, all, like the mayor, like, you're like always the person that has to do. And so you're, you're never in charge, but you're in charge of everything. This conflict starts to weigh on a person. And I find that they can become depressed more easily than others um, as a way to what I would call blanket the aggression, like put a, a wet blanket on that. I want to break out of this. These relationships are trapping me in this dynamic, which they are and they aren't, right? <laughs> you know, but and and then so they, oh, but I I you know, and then they put the the the, the they internalize that aggression and they get in battle with themselves. They doubt themselves. They um serious about them will be very neg- negative and critical. So these these types of things, I mean, just even those two generally lead to a nice pool of other feelings and and why they think that way or how they failed. And we can really get into the into the gaps with that. But I just say, you know, instead of looking, I mean, there are some really key components on the outward, but there are some very I think consistent dynamics that are happening on the inside. That when I work with somebody, generally i find that they're not in peace inside themselves you know there's there's something that they're in conflict because they're not really getting satisfaction or fulfillment from this any longer yes. and the eye wants to be formed we really do strive to make meaning strive for fulfillment strive for happiness we are always looking we're seeking creatures so we you know, I think that that's the problem is that this part of us is trying to grow and this is really draining. Of so, um, instead of being angry, though, I think I mean mm-hmm. people can snap. <laughs> I mean, I've been I, I've had a, my my total years of codependency, so I can be completely honest and say, you know, definitely what we call it too. There's another thing is like the volcano. We definitely don't like conflict, so we avoid, 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 avoid. And then, boom, explode. And explode. <laughs> yeah, you want to see conflict. you know? <laughs> like, so it's like, it, it's these types of tendencies that it, this avoidance is trying to turn it all inward. It backfires. And we tend to then deal with some pretty heavy emotions. So, like, Mayapa, can, I have, okay, in my, I'm um, hearing you talk about this, um, in my, like, in the initial part of my um, my marriage, right? I realized that, um, you know, you have conflict. Mm-hmm. You have, you have, it is a conflict. To myself to be very strong and independent. And in conflict times, sometimes what I would do is to avoid conflict. I would just um take the step back, mm-hmm. so instead of saying instead of arguing all the time when it's coming, I would take the step back and 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 be like the subdued one <laughs> mm-hmm. okay. and then I realized, as you said, you know it's not fulfilling, mm-hmm. and the anger builds up inside you know, and the, 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 I wants to come out. Yes. <laughs> what I want and what I want to do. And I can remember there I'd be subdued, subdued and killing me inside. And then I just snap. Yes. And when I snap, I snap really big. <laughs> like, i <I'll> get you. <laughs> go on, all, all violent. Right. You know? Um, so is it like, is that, co-dependent behavior, yeah, or is it just relationship issues? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, there's like I probably say that most relationships. Well, actually, some people really are what I would call—they get hungry for the fight. They're very extroverted or externalizers with their aggression. So that's a that that is a very codependent um, dynamic. Which I think has a better prognosis, by the way. Then, if you were just saying, uh, I saw an opportunity to fight and I was going in every time, we'd be talking about something different there. So codependency wow. tends to have this window of objectivity that new things can happen, but it does require like a meeting in the middle. What I call that mostly that even though your partner probably doesn't want to mitigate some of these things so often, but what yeah. I find is that we have smaller it, we, once the feeling rises up, we have to have a conversation about that. And uh, some people are very used to not having a conversation, having the blowout and starting a cycle of guilt and never getting anywhere. That was so like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so this whole like little, let's, I, I'm, I'm really, we're really not meeting, you know, I've we've given this a couple of weeks, we're still not meeting eye to eye on this. We still haven't made plans on this. It's getting closer. I'm starting to feel anxious. I would really like to take this as an opportunity to like, let's take an hour, sit down, and talk about it. That is a way to work with your feelings and have him be responsible for meeting you halfway and showing up for that conversation. And then both of you talk it through so it doesn't become an argument. What happens generally is it gets to the last minute or something and and even though it's very normal, it's not nor it's not healthy. Yes, it's not. I <laughs> realized that, that it wasn't healthy. And I was always emotional and in my feeling. And I got to the point where I got a little depressed. You know, the, 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 what I would do in this situation, me not expressing the way I felt in that moment was, was just starting to eat me out. <laughs> yeah I, i'm gonna That's say yeah i want to see some of that because i heard this the other day and i thought this really i, I don't even know where but just as soon as i heard it, i was like that was interesting the more that you are on your feet by trying to really work this out within yourself and and making these attempts to have these conversations and and challenging yourself codependency takes quite a bit of mindfulness And awareness in the moment to not get back into that rut, but carve a new, and that carving of that new path generally says that I got to deal with a little anxiety, uh, you know, fear of regression from others, you know, whatever. But if I stay with this, that part of us that says, "Oh, I wish I could have said this," or "Why didn't I do it that way that time?" starts to go away. So we are better on our feet. We have no practice in this space. So, if you're constantly drawing during the time that you probably, so we just don't have any practice. And I find that, that that thing that we've been, I wish I took that opportunity during that time, that starts to go away. So, that kind of, that, that is, I found I was like, oh, well, that's, that would be wonderful. Yeah, but that's what I had to start doing. I had to realize that this isn't working out um, for me. So then I'm like, okay, um, let's see how I feel no matter how it might but Let's say how I feel in the moment so that we can deal with it. Yeah. And deal with issues. No matter how each other is going to feel, we just deal with it. And then, you know, we work around the emotional parts of stuff. Hmm. Well, that's but that's the part I feel like people are so afraid of feelings. Like, well, actually, it's not the biggest part. The feeling just needs to be talked about enough for it to be neutralized. So as long as you feel understood, I can feel that you understand. frustrated by this coming up all the time, even whatever. But then let's okay. Well, then, but now that we're validating each other's feelings, and we can both have different feelings about something, doesn't mean we can't get down to business and really the bulk of what you're going to be talking about isn't feelings <laughs> generally it's it's that you're you're going to be talking about this thing that you need to figure out plans for this is a relationship we're talking about so there's a lot of you're not just sitting there talking about feelings but people are still just won't well, like but then that's this yeah. thing has to be like oh that's going to be such a big deal if we can give if you can, if you have the space to tolerate that your partner feels, then it's not such a big deal. So working on, on being able to hold space for your partner to have a feeling that you might not have. Yes. And is, I have to, to learn how to accept the other person's feelings too, you know? Yes. That's right. For what they are. Oh, because this yeah. is another big part of codependency huge part. We want to control the feeling of the other person. Okay. We we want them to stay feeling okay, thinking about us in very specific way. We want to control how the other feels about us, how we are presented in the mind of that other. Awesome. Awesome. So we're represented. So that's that what is one of the things about codependency that we call kind of like in the in the shadow side is that there's a lot of aspects of codependency that are based on the desire to control. Okay. So it's the desire to 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 control and also to be controlled? Or is just we want to control the perception of ourselves and that sort yeah. of thing? Yes. We don't want to be controlled. It, codependency has a hyper independence to it. Almost. I mean it, it Again, enabling others to be less than being very independent, the can-do, the doer, the responsible one. So we're like, it's not a big. We want you to control us. Unfortunately, it is. There is the element of feeling trapped or controlled by the dynamic, but not not the same way that we're looking to. And a lot of people don't recognize that it's controlling to change your behavior to make sure that the other person stays thinking about you in a certain way, in in a certain way, your kids, you won't frustrate their growth. You won't set boundaries. A lot of people will will really protect the, you know, kind of do that stuff with their kiddos, um, with their partners, with friends to a certain extent. And it's like, it's okay for other people to see that maybe you're not all good. <laughs> you have an edge. You know. Or you got a little temperamental over here. You you know, you got a personality. When, that's I'm right. mad. when I'm mad, I'm mad. Yeah. And that's how this that's how this podcast came about because I always I use it as a medium to rant and rave. And sometimes I go in my little rant and then another time I'm cool and calm. So it's expressing what I might be going through, you know, which mm-hmm everybody needs to be doing that but bianca when, when we talk about codependency um do we have like a, a measurement or um you mm. know like autistic people might be on a spectrum right. does codependency have that sort of thing where i can be a little bit codependent or i'm a lot codependent because hearing your talk i'm saying to myself okay i might be codependent or is everybody Everybody, um, have that little codependency in their personality sometimes so how, how can we gauge it or can it be it's funny i think uh we're maybe for generationally i think we were on an uptick of you know baby boomers there was a lot of narcissism in that generation um, because of all of, you know, just the industrial like we we reached a new level of last key kid, take care of yourself. I'm gonna go, you know, do whatever I want, you know, probably make money. Um, at least in the US, this was just is it was, it was so Gen X were really high codependence. So yeah. I'm I'm kind of finding as a switch again. <laughs> so our parents did do for us that so we did everything for our kids. We got these little nurses running around again. So it be a lot of entitlement. And a lot of just like a dependency, and I wouldn't even call it codependency. Uh, codependency, remember, is, is I need you to need me because I do everything for you. Um, and I need I need somebody that's broken so I can fix them because I wanna help you. I wanna be a big helper. So we're not getting that as much now. And I know probably everybody blasts me out for saying like being so general, but there's books written on it. Uh, and so I'm not coming up with this by myself. And I have a lot of experience with, you know, seeing the switch, but I I feel like the spectrum of, but I actually call it. And when I talked to you, I did some interview uh, with um, a fiver. Anyway, it was good. It was like, I came up with this analogy that that narcissism and codependency are like two sides of the same coin. Yes, that's what I'm I'm getting. Yeah, it's really kind of interesting, really, because it's it's like the this is what it's set up under is a lot of times more self-serving parent that wasn't as uh, giving to the child or you know interested in the child more. Not, we'll say on a spectrum of narcissism. I really don't like to just call people that in general because that's a serious pathology, yeah, a kind of personality disorder. But if It's a, um, but what I'm trying to say is that there's the dynamic. Every codependent kind of comes from a narcissistic background because they had to balance, they had to take care of this person and their volatility and their emotions. So I find that the, the spectrum of codependency really depends on the level of narcissism you were raised around, level trauma you're raised around. So if, if you were really in a household that was very destructive and I say incredibly self-absorbed and consuming with whatever their drama was, their violence was, their addictions were, their work was, codependency is very high in that child. Okay. So is it, is it, um, codependency, is it from childhood? Or can I now be in a relationship where well, I had a good childhood um no trauma or little that sort of thing, but now, as an adult, I enter a relationship with with um someone who might be um abusive yeah, or more narcissistic, yeah, yeah. and then um, those behaviors I had to adapt. Can I become codependent as an adult, like start being codependent as an adult, or it has to come from childhood days coming up? I would say you on the spectrum, you're going to be more saturated if it started at childhood, less saturated. So if it, yes, you can totally acquire trauma in adulthood, coping mechanisms and defense mechanisms and behaviors. Absolutely. I, I mean, I'd never want to. Just does not have to start in childhood. You can enter into a relationship. A lot of times, though, kind of like moth to the flame, a codependent person will be very attractive to somebody who's more need who needs yeah. them. Anyway. Yeah. And maybe even seductive or manipulative. You know, maybe like the parent. So, um in hoping to overcome their trauma, there's a lot of reasons for this. Um, to be seen or yeah. redeemed by that person, but that never happened. So that's a lot of unconscious material. But, but again, if that's not happening in childhood, that's okay. I mean, that's still people wind up in these situations. But what I find is that, you know, people, the codependency aspect is like, you don't know how to get out. Yes. So I still wonder, is like, okay, if it flared up in your relationship and now you refuse to Like, if you really start becoming more codependent in that relationship, okay, well, you still have a lot of work to do because you can get saturated to the point where you become pretty helpless to just continuing the cycle and and people will stay in it. I mean, that's kind of why I focused my TikTok on that relationship dynamic and codependent men. (laughs) because I was getting a lot of that in my private practice and i'm like wow you guys really need to see that this isn't just a, a woman caretaker problem this is this is really been- no. yeah well but i just was saying like codependency has really been primarily the the audience for this information have been women caretakers i have alcoholics you know i mean yes that, that's that been, you know, no, I think men are incredibly codependent, incredible levels. In your, <laughs> yeah. in your work, in your work, do you find that the women are more codependent? I think women have this tendency that yeah. take care of you, you know, that, that natural instinct, that natural thing to take care of others. Yeah, and, and I want to, and I, this is a good opportunity for me to say also, if you were born into a culture that this is already 100% saturated in the milieu for how to raise a, a, a girl into a young woman into a, a mother and a wife. I definitely, TikTok taught me. Hey, this is this is the way I was raised, lady. I was like, okay, I I totally get that. Doesn't necessarily mean you couldn't want to form that I at some point. Um, but I think that also to yes, women can literally be raised to be nothing but caregivers. And and that's so interesting because um, thinking back, as you said, the way the baby boomers and the Gen i I'm like a Gen <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was born in the eighties and no that's that's the way i was was grown you're a woman you're a girl so the girl takes care of certain things in the household and um if you can't do if you can't do this or that you're not going to get married no man is going to want you so that's the way we were actually brought up that No matter what you do, you're expected to go to school and achieve, you know, and go full length, but you're the woman and you're supposed to be doing all the chores in the house, taking care of the the man. Yeah, and the kids in the house. And this is something I think that we have to stop enabling. So this is the thing is like, as long as we believe it and perform, that we do all of this labor in the home and taking care of humans. And I know that that doesn't produce capital, <laughs> but, meaning money and resources, but it's still this very important thing. It takes a tremendous amount of energy and coordination. Um, And then go to school and do all these other things and, and go to work and all this. I'm like, wait a second. What are we enabling again, ladies? We're, we're saying that's okay. And that's very codependent. That's not okay. If this is going to be, we're going to share. We're going to need to share it in, the, in the entire experience. Said, I think it's changing it's a little. No. Yes. <laughs> it, it is. It is a change in a whole lot. No, because these younger females, when you talk to them, now, they're like, "I'm not having that. I'm gonna have yeah. not my time, my spa day, my self care time." We have to share the responsibilities you take the kid. So I'm yeah. that it's changing a bit now. Yeah. Yes, it is. For the younger generation, they're definitely learned. <laughs> I think we we all have to, but take, I think that's the thing is the ownership in how we're still believing this. And is it true? You know, and that's where, oh, wait, I'm having a different experience. And and I don't find this to be very helpful. And and I'm going to and then here again, I'm going to, you know, explain this to my partner so we can figure out another way. Okay. Yeah. And you know, I wanted to talk a little about codependency and um kids because I know in um in your TikTok you do a lot of work with um mm-hmm. you know, codependency parents parents and codependency and and pushing it onto the kids <laughs> can we talk a little more about that yeah well i mean first of all like kids people it's so interesting i i think that this is a concept that people don't necessarily um have a full grasp on but i don't i mean i'll do my best to explain it here but kids learn like sponges they literally are observing your mannerisms, the way that you picked up the phone, the way that you rushed out the door, the way you were exhausted when you got home, more so than what you say to them. More so than what you're telling them. You. So a lot of times, if you are already performing, and I say the behaviors of you know codependency, which is kind of nonstop running around going for it, never relaxing, never showing your child the relaxed state. <laughs> <That's>, right, <laughs> or that you mommy's time to take a bath and like the door is closed you know and um then they're seeing this and actually it's even though they're they're the ones really needing you what it's doing is that it's like it's being emotionally learned and behaviorally learned and those things will activate like epigenetics when yeah. they get into a family situation when they get into a relationship situation all of a sudden it just like like a christmas tree it lights up and they become you they that's how they survive it and so you know even i think it's interesting it's like so there are a couple things here there's that part of teaching almost completely unconsciously that they're just absorbing how to be this way but then there's the other part which is are you are you not taking time to, you know, this is one of the things with codependency. A lot of times they're so good at what they do. They're so independent. They're so fast at what they do. They don't acquire patience. They're not the best teachers. They don't ask great questions. Sometimes it's like, let me just do it for you. I got this. I got the, you know, tying the shoes. I'm not going to be late. Okay. Well, You're passing along again. With the, the the child's not competent. Like slow it down. The child t- the child needs to learn competency. You have to teach them that. So you have to you know. So I think that's the that's my biggest part for people is that is that if you're a codependent parent and you aren't taking time to really say, hey, we're gonna wash dishes all together tonight. I'm gonna have a step stool for you. You're gonna I'm we're gonna teach you instead of. Oh, it's fine. Go play your games. Just get on my hair. I can do it just in two seconds. Yeah, which which I revert to a lot of times. I'm like, just leave it. I'll do it. I'll go. I'll get through it faster. <laughs> yeah, that that tends to. As soon as we're doing that and we're not involving them to a certain extent, then yes, they will never be fast. They won't feel as confident. They don't learn independence, like in some sort of like responsibility and that they can do. Um, And it's not always necessary to do it all the time that way. Remember, it's just that when we do it one way here and then we do it there and there and there, we find ourselves cutting corners and that's how we pass it to our kids. We can actually create kids that are very dependent, right? That need us. (laughs) We might not like that, not that want that, but that ends up being the the case. So I say that's how you don't, pass it on to your kids is really by helping them to you have to slow down, you know, and recognize that it's probably more valuable to take the time to educate them and watch them go through their learning curve and whatever, and giving them the responsibility than it is to get it done. So it's it's slowing down and allowing them to, you know, be them to do it in their time, their way and um, maybe correcting a little bit, give them the space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, giving them some space, but also giving them some direction. I, I also think teaching them, like, you know, you, I think the earlier you establish that you can be the one that does that, the less kickback you're going to get. I noticed if I tell parents to <laughs> when they're the first time they're attempting to um, get a kid out to help them with um, cleaning the kitchen at 15, it's not going to be a pretty picture. No. <laughs> I say, start young. Yeah, and at that time, no one wants to do it. <laughs> yeah. Then they're like, oh, let me help. And then it's 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 a very natural thing to to listen to you and to, and to listen to how you do things and for you to be able to correct them. It's not so abrasive. So, okay, yeah. So start as young as you can. If you haven't, you know, start with little tasks. Okay. Yeah. So how how can I um if Okay, so this if I how can I um realize or recognize when I'm going into that codependent mode as a mother, as a wife, mm-hmm. as a coworker. How how can I recognize when yeah. I'm going into that codependent mode and how can I break free from that? <laughs> right. Right. Well, that's I think that kind of starting to be able, like you're doing now too, and anybody listening, if you're recognizing some of these patterns, I think it's a matter of becoming really comfortable with what I would call, you know, pattern recognition. Um, and if I can see the behavior, a lot of times people can hear what they're saying and, and find the behavior before they can really assess the feeling that is triggering it. If I ask somebody like, what, what caused that you to get into that state? I don't know like what was the emotional trigger but generally it is something emotionally underlying so i say but if if you notice yourself kind of what i find is um uptick with like you feeling some little bit of frustration and instead of dealing with that and thinking about it you just zoom into action the action starts to put you back into a place where you feel exhausted and you're just saying yes and going and then you, you you i i feel that people generally start to feel pretty wound up that's mm-hmm. like the idiom, like I'm feeling wound up and feeling a little ungrounded and then the exhaustion can set in and, and also irritable. So once you start finding that you're in these states, you've probably already been in some pattern of excessive activity, yeah. of excessive cleaning, <laughs> excessive doing, excessive going, and you're not taking time for yourself to. Really wonder why have I started doing this? Because sometimes this can be a defense. It's like because I'm trying to avoid conflict, because I'm 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 trying to distract myself from something I really have to do that's going to be emotionally I think is going to be hard. I'm trying to be the the good wife. I'm trying to be the, the 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 best daughter. You know, sometimes those things. Trying to be the best for everybody. And you get, yeah, as you said, pretty overwhelmed doing everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that striving that best is some concept of perfection that's impossible. In fact, if if you have an idea of perfection, you're also working simultaneously with the fact that you'll never be there. So meaning like an idea of perfection (laughs) is, is, isn't it of itself, like the best, the way it always has a, then that means I'm not. And so you're always working with this failure, lack. I'm not, you know, it, you haven't obtained it and you're always looking to obtain it and whatever, you know, stuff you're doing to yourself to try to, to be the best or perfect at something. It's like, there's, and i think any time that, that that also is one of these things again where too much of our self-worth is identified with all of the things that we would consider you know the behaviors or the activities of, of somebody that's the best wife or the best or the good girl or the best daughter so we're we're really trying to avoid actually a lot of probably lower self-worth issues mm-hmm. and, and, and also- Confidence, trying to build your confidence instead of um, thinking that my self-worth is dependent on how see or feel about me. Right. And and how I feel about me always has to be at a deficit, always has to be less than. That's the only way I can... Keep... How do I get out of that? Because I, really, I know a couple of people that really not talking to you now that I realize that they're really codependent and it it, it it is so deep that they they go into this little uh, depression sometimes. Mm-hmm. Today yeah. they're on. Tomorrow they're really down and really out. How how can they get out of that? Or how can I help them to get out of that? Right. How do you help somebody with codependency? Is that I think sometimes maybe if they're having the down day They have to be in conflict. They can't be on the high getting gratified through the behaviors. That's not going to be helpful. But if they're in the conflict stage and they're in the depressive dip, then that's when you generally, maybe you can help them by suggesting some material for them to read. It's powerful to know that you're in this space and what it looks like. A lot of people really don't know what in the world is going on um, because this dynamic is so interwoven into like, how they've always known themselves to be. Yeah. So I think reading about it, studying it and learning it and getting a body of knowledge that under your belt a little and going, oh, okay, helps to like relax so it. I mean, meaning like I think we can start working on one aspect at a time. I don't think codependency is one of these things where we just like, oh, you know, it's not like crash diet. You know, it's like it took a while to get to yes, it, yes. I realize it will take a while. Yeah, <laughs> but I I really like to help people work on one really important step at a time. I ask people, what aspect of your codependency is most draining to you, most difficult for you? Because like, I, you know, whatever it is, maybe I can't say no to this person, and I'm really feeling hurt by what they need from me, giving. it Okay, well, we need to work on being able to say no to that person and dealing with the consequences and figuring it out. You know, that's a relationship one that might actually be kind of big. The other one is, is some people get super isolated socially. And I say, okay, well, maybe you can't take on the relationship one yet. Okay, but we can take on the fact that this relationship has isolated you from your peers, from your social life. Why don't we? work on getting released out of the house from doing the things um, and once, you know, and do a class or sign up for something, but think codependency is how you break the cycles you do. <laughs> okay. You do for yourself. You can't put yourself on the back burner. Anymore. Or if it's I, I find myself getting really wound up around my kids at night and I notice that I don't, okay, well then you need to do for you, what's that? Maybe I take you know 30 minutes for a bath or whatever, an hour for a bath or whatever. I they, you know they're set up with their stuff and their dad can handle it. Take some time for myself. Um, have you noticed it's taking often? Of yes, I take the opportunity to say no, <laughs> I take the opportunity to leave the house, I take an hour. To work out or I take an hour to it's me time, and that, I used to feel so guilty with the me time, you know, just um because my son is seven, yeah, and um I used to feel so guilty just having my me time i've I've learned now not to feel so guilty <laughs> how did, how did you learn that? How did I, you learn to it was just becoming so exhausting and as you say the, the anger and the resentment you know when 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 you're tired when you really want to do something for yourself when you really want to go out you know mm-hmm. um i like my little me times in terms mm-hmm. of i like being by myself sometimes So i'll watch a movie by myself i enjoy that just you know being mm-hmm. with me and mm-hmm. and when you can't do that and when you always have somebody around you Yeah. I started to, you know, have resentment and resentment for the child, resentment Mm -hmm. for my husband, resentment for everybody around me that I said, they're not helping. (laughs) When, and I realized that it wasn't their problem. It was me. Mm -hmm. And when I said, when I started saying to my husband, well, I need to go and do this. And it wasn't like he wasn't, um, he wasn't up for me not having my me time you yeah. know but it was just me feeling that i had to always be there yeah and um yeah when i said i needed to do this now and it was no problem it's like okay stepping out was a problem but after you went one time <laughs> right you know i'd put down all the phones and nobody could get you and you just with you and ground yourself then it was okay for the other times and then i realized that when i leave nobody dies exactly nothing's falling apart there's sometimes that's the trauma of it i have to be on top i gotta watch nothing (laughs) erupts yeah and i realized that my husband thrives because he does the things that i thought he couldn't do i'm always Mm -hmm. doing them and then i realized that you can do that (laughs) yes so i have no problem now. but it took a while yeah as as a as a as a Mom and as a new mom, you know, because I only have one one kid, mm-hmm. so um it took a while to realize that because you always felt that you had to be there, you had to hold everything together. But right. um it took a while. But once you got there, it was okay. Yeah, and, and that only once you got there, it was okay. Yeah, figure it out one more time. But all of that was, I have self awareness. This resentment and this aggression is due to my tendency, personal responsibility. And then, so I'm going to take the personal responsibility a little further and actually ask for something. And I'm going to let go of control. I don't have to hold anything in place. I'm going to let go of control and ask, who is that's a big one. And and let them show me competency and, and ability. And, and they're okay. Uh, that's huge. But then you're growing. And then you can deal with the feelings of guilt and the problem. Because you've I really noticed the locus of control is, is really inhibiting us, stopping us from being able to learn how to tolerate feelings. Like feelings that come up for us and other people and all sorts of things. We don't need to be not talk. We can just let it come up. And... That's good. Yeah. I think you, I think you got a, a really good point. I and mean, really, as far as I'm concerned, you just do that with every single thing. and you tend to come out in a way like okay well i've got more leeway here and less there and now i'm managing my life you know in in a state that's not i'm just constantly compromised that and you know um as i said i know a lot of people who are codependent or a few persons but it's just so hard to um Help them or let them realize that and you need to get out of this state. Yeah. And that's that's where that's where I am. How do I help them? Because um yeah. no matter how you talk sometimes, it doesn't help. You talk, talk, talk. And yeah. they're, they're not getting it. And you might take strong action. I'm not taking this from you, I'm not letting you do this. But mm-hmm. they still insist and push. And I'm like, you can't get it. You talk hard. Don't you know that this person, they, they don't care what you're doing or saying or, you know, you need to step back? Nothing happens. They're still give, give, do, yeah. do. And <laughs> yeah. how to help them? Or is it just something that they have to recognize? Just like oh I recognize that I need my time and space. Is it something that they have? To real, you know, they have to recognize and just work towards when they're ready. A lot of problems are that way, I would say, you know. But one of the things that people get seduced into, which I say, like, is a helping professional is like, okay, well, somebody can come to me with a lot of complaints and a lot of grievances, and 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 even ask, what would you do? But then I've just got pulled into a total trap because. There- <laughs> I've done this before. It's like, wait a second. What would I do? You're the one complaining. You're the one having a hard time. What are your ideas? And so, what I find is that to help these folks or help people, um they might have a lot of conflict with some of them. Like, why don't people think that I'm doing all of this? And like, and I just like to sit back at some point and go, I wonder why. You know, I wonder why they don't see you and everything that you're doing. I wonder why they continue to scream and not you and you know uh, what do you think <laughs> and once the question i think is rhetorical, like put back on them you know and people us the pause and like you know think that that's the thing is that codependency is a really interesting i think it's a bit of a jail a little bit of a mental prison yeah that it's very scary to come out of because there's not a lot of self-confidence at first there, there's a lot of very diminished in, in feelings of insecurity and possibly trauma that I never dealt with. So, you know, I, I think it's almost like a comfortable place. And It's like you want to break them out. but I just ask questions and see if they have anything to say. Because sometimes telling them reinforces the bars. Okay. Because then, then they can like, oh, but you don't understand. <laughs> or, yeah. I, sure do I not that want that. To <laughs> not. Yeah, like, okay do understand, yeah, well, yeah, you do so, but, but i but I also understand that you know maybe it is it's important for you just to learn about it, and I also think recommending things that they can listen to on their own time in kind of an objective secret space, like they can go sneak away and listen to something and or you know read a book or something if that's what they want to do, but I think there's so much information now. But I just find that people are so vulnerable to knowing they have an issue like this. It it might seem like it's not a big deal, but it is that they might have to learn about it in a place where they're not they don't feel too much shame at first. And because it's again, I think this codependency word, just like narcissism, just slapping these big words on something, it, it's it just it, it is very complex. It's all coming from a place generally where there was a lot of personal you know, pain or issues or something that happens. So be really sensitive about um, you know, where this comes from. But the fact is that it ends up being our responsibility as adults. Yeah. And if we don't deal with it, we actually end up hurting our kids with this stuff, our partners, ourselves. Like it's acting in the complete opposite way than we really want it to It's not helpful. Um to me. To, to just take care of everything all the time and, and be, you know, a mess inside. So but this is great. So beyond yes, it was a great conversation and in wrapping up, um, you know, I learned I'm just gonna recap what I learned from you today, that you okay. know, codependency, um, you know, you have the takers, the givers, the need to always feel needed or want to do something for, for others, you know, and those are some of the codependent behaviors and um, codependency can bring um, the feeling of guilt, the feeling of abandonment sometimes, you know, um, if I don't do or, you know, do for you, then you won't do for me, that sort of thing. So it those, those emotions will come into play. You know, I'm learning. (laughs) I learned (laughs) a whole lot. You know, but I also learned um, that, you know, if you have codependent um, behaviors that you have to be self-aware, to get out of it, you have to have that self-awareness. You have to try to bring back the I, Mm -hmm. bring back what I want, what I'm feeling, um, you know, bring back a little of me into this whole um, relationship and all of that. And you have to also let go of control. You know, and I'm guilty of that one. (laughs) So we have to let go of the control. um, Always wanting to do, 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 or always wanting um, to affect how people see us. So we always do everything, be in control because we want them to see us as this, feel as though we are like this, that sort of thing. Right. That's right. And we have to bring back our self confidence. Mm-hmm. You know, so if we feel, if, if we're displaying codependent behaviors, self confidence is a part of it where when we low, we have to gain back that confidence because it can be something that happens, happen to us. Um, as as a child coming up and um we lose the confidence from there and we have to bring it back and finally we have to be responsible for our actions responsible for motions and our behaviors as Mm -hmm. adults so no matter what happened in the past Mm -hmm. it's me it's it's i i claudine that have to take responsibility and um the way that I behave and how oh, I am projecting my behavior on others because it can affect others. I'm so have I summed up everything? I think so. You with like, flying colors. That was amazing. I was like wow. <laughs> <It's> very gratifying. <laughs> you did great. So I passed my test today. <laughs> yes. And, and if anyone can follow that line of thought and really work their way through, that's, I think that's a roadmap. I think that's a path. If you really want all the way through and listen to what you just said, summarizing, that's really where we go. And we do it every day. It is a practice. It is a practice. And even if we don't, we're not able to like catch it another day, we kind of wind ourselves back up in a situation that's a little more challenging. You can also ask for help when you're ready for it too. I think also if people not just complaining but saying, you know, I really got myself into a situation here. Maybe have to get a little bit deeper to unwind why this keeps coming back up. So yeah, yeah that's that's um really wonderful work. Thank you for for reaching out. <laughs> and I hope to see you and in Kingston. You Bianca and I hope to see you when you when you visit jamaica again <laughs> yes, I can't wait. All right. we can thank link you. up and we can you know tour know. and yeah i'm up for that <laughs> i would love that i would love love, love that thank and you. thank you so much for the opportunity you know for um teaching us about codependency and i know i learned a lot and i know my listeners will learn a lot too i know the yes. feedback will be great Good. Yes. And then please feel free. There's a podcast all about codependency. Like I said, and there's a lot about men that suffer from codependency there and those types of issues, but women also share those issues as well. Yes. There's, and I even work with people in a kind of a therapy type of dialogue um, through some codependent issues with their parents, with all sorts of different dynamics. Yes, very yes. early on. Yeah the, yeah. the very early on. And sometimes that can kind of prime the mind for oh how do i think about myself psychologically it is a way of of thinking so it's it's kind of cool to to get a little bit of that experience so emotional warrior podcast and you can learn a little bit more too yes and i put everything for you in the show thank you thank you (laughs) So so much everybody will see and and can be directed to your podcast and to your social media and everything yeah. Because that's you. the way I learned about you and I learned about this codependent. Right. We continue to sp- spread the word. I will. I will. I keep saying I'm in the sharing business. So I share. Whatever that's- I learn. I don't keep it to myself. <laughs> it's beautiful. Thank you. So thank you again, Bianca. It was great. Right. You got right. it. All right. Bye-bye bye
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Mindful The Podcast. Now in this episode, we learned about codependency and the need to always feel needed. We discussed how to identify codependent behavior, and how to cope or deal with these types of behavior. Now, if you want to know more about codependency, you can follow our guest Bianca on TikTok at Bianca Grace, or visit her Instagram profile at the Bianca Grace, where she has loads of content on codependency. You can also check out her podcast called Emotional Warrior Podcast or her website at www.biancagracetherapy.com. Now, if you like this episode or this podcast, leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And guys, don't forget to share, share, share this podcast with somebody who you think can benefit from this podcast. Now, until next time, do you... Bye you bye